you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sitting three feet from me, literally 36 inches from me, is Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Rob R-A-U-B. I hope you guys Facebooked him or something. Make him feel loved. And uh, Kevin, how's things going this morning, brother? Doing well, Dr. Carriger. Having a great Man, he's been calling me a different name every day. <laughs> Sergeant Major, I'm doctor. Good. I'm not looking forward to the next thing that comes my way, man. It's going to be, what in the world are you? So tell us, Kevin, so you're traveling all over the place. How many miles? Someone asked me this the other day at my church. How many miles do you think you pop on the coach every year? Yeah, well, I tow a vehicle behind me. So, you know, there's all, all told, um, well, the, the coach does get the majority of the miles because it cr- crisscrosses the country. I want to say it's got to be... 40 grand just on the coach and then another 10 on the car. So 50, 50,000 miles out there doing God's work. So you folks remember him in prayer. It's great. We're here in town. We actually have wounded spirits family week. Uh, it's right here in town. It's at my home church. I'm more wound up than a, uh, eight day clock about it. We have people coming in from all over the country and, and, uh, we're just continuing to move forward for God's glory with this wounded spirits ministry. And when we're thinking about about that we remember our camp at camp joy wisconsin september 11th through 15th get there by five o'clock at night on september 11th have a great dinner here's some preaching here's some teaching and uh, before you know it, it'll be friday morning you'll be eating breakfast and headed on your way out 40 minutes from the airport there in milwaukee and a short country drive from anywhere in canada and in the united states and just a quick flight from sydney praise god so get on over here it's worth the day flight i promise you that we've been moving forward we've been talking about the life of Christ. And I I want you to know why. I want you to know our reasoning. When When I was being raised up as a Christian, I'll be honest with you, some people would tell me, whatever you do, don't go beyond that wall over there. But nobody told me why. People would say, whatever you do, don't do this. Well, we want to tell you, well, God says not to do this, and this is the reason we don't do it. So we want everything we say, everything we speak, number one, to be backed up by the scripture, number two, to be understandable to the point where God illuminates us in you with the Holy Spirit and that that we can uh, we can make some sense with his word. And number three, that we can practically apply these lessons to our lives. And it's hard out here, man. And uh, we're just pilgrims on this earth. And that's the hardest thing, you know, people, and there's nothing wrong with buying a home. There's nothing wrong with settling in, none of that stuff. But we got to understand the reality of our relationship with this world. And the reality of our relationship with this world is we're pilgrims. We're just passing through. This isn't even a spot on eternity. You know, we're going to leave earth here. And don't get me wrong, we're sitting in an air-conditioned room right now where uh, Kevin was just drinking Diet Dr. Pepper, which I think is the drink of the stars. Because every <laughs> once in a while, I, I have a guest over here, and all the cool ones drink Diet Dr. Pepper while I continue on with my spring water. Yeah. But this is what I know, folks. This is what I know. This is not our home. This is our temporary stop. 
Our home is eternal. It's heaven. It's up on that golden street that just goes round and round and that stuff in the middle. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna, it's going to be so shiny out there. It's going to be, you know, people used to go into the Temple Diana, Kevin, and, and as they would go into the Temple Diana, uh, they'd walk in and people would say, watch your eyes, because the gold was so shiny, because they had mm. gold up on the walls and stuff. When mm. we get to heaven, we're going to need celestial eyes. It's so bright. There's so much shine up there. And that's where we're going, folks. Think about that. So when you get messed up today and you get depressed, you, you get, and, and you know, I sound like you guys get messed up every day because you do. You know who gets <laughs> messed up every day? Me. You yeah. know who else gets messed up every day? Kevin. And uh, every one of you folks, because <laughs> this world is hard, man. Yeah. We're just trying to work our way through it. And uh, uh, we're like a fish out of water here. And I'm just being upfront with you. Now, we live, we get along with people. We live peacefully as much as we can we tell the truth we're honest we love people we share the gospel with them but through the life of christ we're learning that there's some things we need to be doing mm-hmm. we're over here in chapter five and in, in uh, verse number 45 through the end of the chapter today 47 do not think that i accuse you to the father there is one that accuseth you even moses in whom ye trust so he said hey man how about the writer of the pentateuch how about the guy that was hanging around you guys uh, you study his scripture you go back in your history whatever you want to call it those first five books of the bible you think moses walked on water you think all these different things and all these great and that's cool that's cool but uh I will accuse you. You do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. And that's the devil, folks. Look what it says in 46. For had ye believed in Moses, ye would have believed in me. For he wrote about me. He wrote about me, folks. He wrote about Christ. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? And, and folks, there's a belief thing going on here. This is, this is big. And uh, uh, Jesus is, he's telling the Jews here, he said, listen, man, I'm not the one who accuses you before my father. I'm not, I'm the other guy. I'm the one that's going to hook you up in front of my father. I'm not the accuser. He's emphasizing that the Jews truly believed in Moses. I mean, you ever go in, you, you ever see the scrolls when you go into a, a big synagogue or something? Everyone has the oldest scroll they can buy. They save money for it. You know, Baptist Church is looking for a new kitchen. They're looking for scrolls, praise God. <laughs> We're looking for a good vent system to cook more fried chicken, and they're looking for scrolls. So yeah, They think that these old scrolls are better. And uh, he says, you believe in Moses, you do all that, and but, but you're not believing in me. So again, and here's Jesus throwing another hand grenade in here, Kevin. Mm. All the way through chapter 5, he's blowing up these people's world. Yes. They're taking it pretty serious with the Moses claim. Yeah, yeah. His, his grenades, are uh, they're, they're hitting the mark. He said, just, just what you're getting into there, that uh, he's not going to be the accuser to the Father, and it's actually going to be those scrolls. It's going to be the words of Moses, whom, in whom ye trust. You know, God does have a way of pulling the props out. The things that we lean on, um, his grenade takes those things out first. And and the reason is, is because it's the trust in other things that keep us from trusting in him. Uh, if we lean on things that are not going to be eternal, guess what? In eternity, they ain't going to be there. But uh, if you, he's, can you imagine, can you imagine leaning on the scriptures of Moses. So the Old Testament, the law, you're leaning on this. You're leaning on maybe your morality. If, if you've not received Jesus Christ, I just have a simple question. What, are, what is it that you would lean on 
for eternity. You know, the old saying is, what would you say at the gate of the gate of heaven if he said, why should I let you in? So, you know, the answer, you know, should be it's Jesus Christ and the atonement. I'm trusting in an atonement, a transaction made for me. I'm trusting in his death in my place that that my sin yes it's that bad but that's why the cross was so horrible and uh it shows how much he loves me despite what i am and so just uh you know that that is trusting in him you know that not not necessarily those words but you know there's a lot of people unfortunately are going to be wit- their the witness against them is going to be the very thing that they trust in so when they stand before God, it says, uh, Jesus said, I'm not going to have to accuse you. You are you yourself are claiming to be righteous according to a law that in itself is given to prove that you're unrighteous. And, uh, you know, that's what the book of Romans chapter 2 is written about. If you boast that you're a Jew and you boast that you are righteous and you boast that you have the, the scriptures don't be surprised when someday God opens those scriptures because um, it's going to show pretty plainly, yeah, the hand grenade um, was was already leveled your way. You should have known. You should have known. And, Doug, that helps me on the idea of trauma. You know, when I go through something, if I just, you know, if I look at the fact that my job is simply as a a Christian that's suffering something that I don't understand, I can say, you know what? God is not here to accuse me. Really, God is here to pull the props out. And um, Lord, I don't know what's going on in my life, but you know what, Doug, I can say this personally. There's been some props pulled out of my life, and I found myself laying on the floor. This past Christmas, they were playing... um, uh, some you know they were uh, the hallelujah chorus yeah. and uh, it was incredible god used it to pull some j- just whatever out and i was on my face he shall reign he shall reign forever and ever and uh, you know just that the the greatness of god came because of the pulling out of the props. And guess what? When I fell on my face, I found out he was the true solid foundation of my trust. Oh, praise God for that. And here he is. And exactly what Kevin said, that's great. Through his writings brings forth this evidence of unbelief, right? So, you know, the Pentateuch is filled with the law, you know? Mm. And he said, man, you guys are missing this. You can't hit this. This is why you need a savior. There's no way you can be a perfect human being. Folks, can I tell you something? You can't hit the mark. You need a savior. And if you had a savior, stop getting down on yourself. Hey, listen, we'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. You know, so Jesus shows up as he's blowing up these people's world and as he, you know, I want to tell you that Jesus blew up my world in such a wonderful way because I, I accepted it. Most times I accepted it and said, wow, he did what for me? This is crazy. But here's Jesus telling the importance of scripture and he's using their favorite law. 
against them. He's using their history and, and their law against them. He Right there on their scrolls in every temple or every synagogue in the entire world is a scroll as old as they can get. And uh, he's using it against them. He said, man, this proves you guys are messed up. You folks are messed up. And, you know, when God tells us that, he's not, you know, it's not like the guy you work with saying, man, you just messed up up. This is God, the author of holiness. This is God, the true and living savior. This is him, the one telling us, Hey, you're messed up. He's going on to say, listen, you saw the prophecy. You read the scripture. You sit around and talk about the Christ. I've fulfilled that. And, uh, but you know, they're using their predictions, their religion, their upside downness, their craziness. And they're looking at all this saying, you guys are missing this. You know, I'm the fulfillment of prophecy. I'm exactly what the old Testament says I am. I'm the guy you're looking for. Here I am. And, uh, and these guys, so he's saying, I fulfilled that. He's saying, listen, you guys need to have faith in God's word. Now that makes people mad who spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on scrolls that upsets people who sit around and look at every word, every jot and tittle that freaks people out. who have taken the old Testament. So literally they're kicking people out of the synagogue. That's a uh, man. Those are fighting words. And he's saying, you know what? You need to have faith in what you're reading. And then he takes it farther and he says, you need to be accountable to what you're reading. You need to be accountable to what the Bible tells you to be accountable to. And uh, folks, there's nothing that will freak out narcissists more than telling them the truth or not. You know, the Greyhound method that, uh, that Kevin talked to us about back in narcissism, you know, that, that gray treatment there where you go on and you just don't say, you just don't play. You just tell them the truth and you don't, I'm not playing anymore. You know, I, there was this little girl lived across the street from me when I was a little boy, maybe five or six years old. Her name was Renee. I still remember her. I haven't seen her since she was maybe seven, but I'll tell you this about Renee, old Renee, right? If she got mad and we were playing and we weren't playing fairly, you know what she did? She picked up her toys and went off. It used to freak me out. You know, you know, she did exactly what she should be doing. But I'm like, why is this little girl picking up her toys and going home? I mean, and, and uh, you know, these are the kind of people who are out here. They're not, you know, they're just going to fight Jesus. Jesus is saying, hey, this is a unified message. I'm not changing the stuff you studied your whole life. I'm the fulfillment, the fulfillment of it. I can't talk sometimes, folks. <laughs> I think it was the helicopter accident. I don't know. It That'll may have been. It. it may have been some other stuff because I I did inhale. I wasn't like Bill Clinton back <laughs> in those days. But this is what I'm thinking of, Kevin. There's this constantly. The Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, talked about Jesus coming. He's saying, "Here I am." I know what the Old Testament said. Let me tell you what it said. I'm the fulfillment of it. You guys are missing the mark. Isn't that what God still does today? Yeah, yeah. And he says to us, like he said to them, you know, had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. That's pretty uh, straightforward talk. You know, you're claiming to believe Moses. You're claiming to trust Moses. You're claiming to have superiority. You're claiming you can reject me based on Moses. Because of, you know, I made, I asked this guy to pick up his bed and it happened to be the Sabbath. (laughs) (laughs) He's running up and down the road with that bed. (laughs) They were so bent on self-justification, which is a hallmark of narcissism. Uh, Just someone totally consumed with self-justification. He said, if you believe Moses, you, you would have believed me for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? So they were clearly in in breach of 
uh, of the law that they claimed because he said, you know, I'm just, I'm, he said, he's saying, I'm telling you, you would believe me if you believe them because they testify of me. And um, so how can you, how shall you believe my words? It's kind of like, um, you know, just applying this to my life or to someone's life, to your life, Doug, someone that's been through some junk. If you're out there and you're struggling, you're in, you're in damage control mode or you're in healing mode or you're needing, needing a healing. You're wondering what's up, what's down. You're contemplating this, you know, struggling. Um, you, you need to, first of all, understand you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So just like Moses' writings testified of God, the reality of God, and they had a problem with that. It's why Jesus saying they rejected Jesus. They didn't really believe the word of the Creator. So, if you um, if you're driving a car and you don't, if you say I am never going to read the anything in the owner's manual, I don't I don't trust Ford Motor Car. I drive driving a Ford car right now. I don't trust Ford. I wouldn't read. I don't. I don't read the owner's manual. I don't. Just. I just don't trust them. Okay. So now it's broken down and it needs to be fixed. So I. You know. I just. I wouldn't take it to a Ford dealer. Now, never mind the dealership idea of whether or not they're they're uh, you know billing you correctly and whatnot. But but anyway, if you do not trust the manufacturer, you will not trust him to help you. If you do not trust him to have made you and you say, Lord, you own everything about the way I'm made. You wired me. In other words, I, I cannot point a finger at God and say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to drop my finger and say, Lord, you did not make any mistake with me. And so I'm coming to you as the healer. So I'm just applying this, Doug. If a person does not believe the manufacturer's instructions, in other words, the Bible, you're going to struggle when it comes to to repair. When it comes time to, to get taken to the shop and say, Lord, it's not working so well, you've got to start with how have I missed it already on the manufacturer's instruction? Have I have I completely blown it by by burning myself out on drugs? Go ahead and acknowledge that. Say, Lord, I'm coming to you as someone that that, that violated the, the the original the OEM design in my life, and now I accept that. And because I accept the writings of God, I'm coming to your Son Jesus, saying, "Can you take what's left?" and do the best repair job that's possible because I now accept everything that you say about me, and I know you love me more than I love me, so can we get this thing fixed? Yeah, there's there's so much coolness in what you were saying there and in the manual. I remember I bought a brand-new 2007 Focus. I was at a church. I had a, a Honda Accord with 337,000 miles on it and a uh, pastor of the church gave me $3,000, gave me a $4,000 offer. And then there was a brand new 2007 Ford Focus at the time for $12,001 tax included automatic air conditioning. I remember I drove that car for two years and I was at the Ford dealer and the Ford dealer, the service manager said to me, he said, do you like the car? And I said, you know, it's, it's not getting the mileage. I wish it did for a car this size. I wish it got better mileage, but I've liked it. It's been good to me. One thing I hate is it doesn't have a telescoping uh, steering wheel and okay. the guy walked over inside the car pulled down the thing and yanked on the <laughs> steering wheel and there was a little bit of a pop and it started telescoping 
And he looked at me and said, this is a Ford. You just got to be rough with it. And I said, two years of my life, 50,000 miles. I've been driving this with the steering wheel up there and just tilting it. And folks, God's word is filled with information. And yet we're not in the manual. And he's slapping these Jews. I mean, these guys are known for the word of God. These pharisaical people, they're all about the word of God, knowing every single word in Hebrew, knowing the inflection, knowing the meaning, knowing the gender, knowing the purpose, knowing the description. And he's saying, man, you're getting it all wrong. There's a unified message here. That says I'm coming. Here I am. And you know what, folks? Jesus has come, and I hope he's in your hearts today. If he's not, listen to every word Charity's going to say here in a few minutes. And, and, uh, but it's so significant. It's so real that we hop on board this weekend. Go to church. Go to a good Bible-believing church. We want to tell you which one to go to. Drop us a note. We sure do love you folks, and we have, hope you have the most wonderful of weeks. We'll be back next week. Say goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, folks. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.